630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. I just heard Thomas Dias doing the news and weather. He said showers are expected on Sunday. I don't know about you guys, but I expect to shower Saturday as well. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Should be a beauty of a weekend. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched, Jay Onright, the pride of Athabasca, and I use the word pride very loosely, is scheduled to join us between 7.30 and 8 tonight. Rob Brown will hop on the show for some Oilers and NHL discussion. I know Rob has uh, a lot of opinions on the NHL's return to play plan. And again, we're probably still a couple of months away from actually seeing any games. And if the uh, NHL follows the leader with the NBA, as they are known to do at times, the uh, latest on the NBA is that they are looking at starting restarting their season on July 31st. And maybe the NHL would be right in that neighborhood as well. Leon Dreisaitl held a conference call today. Man, what a season he had. That was swallowed up by Ellis. Bear followed up. Dreisaitl off to McDavid. Back to Dreisaitl. One-timer. Score! Squeezed it by Pecorine with 29 seconds to go in the period. And Dreisaitl stays hot. Rene up the left-hand side. We told you he hasn't been sharp. It's down low. A dish. Dreisaitl tucks it over from Yamamoto. Giveaway by the Preds. And Edmonton regains a two-goal lead. Five, three. And Dreisaitl has scored twice against Nashville. Off the draw. Oilers up 6-3. Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl shoots and scores. Hat trick, Leon Dreisaitl. The third of his career. And Edmonton is running Nashville and Pecorine right out of the building. And Martin Jones, we talked about earlier. Here's McDavid, right corner, in front. Rich shot, score. That's four for Leon Dreisaitl. Eight, three, Edmonton, five. Goals in five minutes and 13 seconds. The blowout continues in Music City. Yeah, one of several of big games for Dreisaitl this season. That was a huge night against the Nashville Predators back on March 2nd. So he finishes with 110 points. He scores 43 goals. He had a chance to get 50. I, I did the pro rating. He was on pace for 49 and two-thirds goals. Could have he found another third of a goal and got to 50 for the second consecutive year. Would have had a pretty good chance to do so. As it is, he does win the Art Ross Trophy. And Dreisaitl talking today, obviously, you know, he said he was proud of what he did, but he wasn't too worried about the individual awards. He said he's not thinking too much about the Hart Trophy. But he did acknowledge that, you know, he puts up the points and he's tried to become more of a leader over the last couple of years as well. Yeah, I mean, I think you you learn from players. You learn by yourself when you're young. Um, you said it bang on. When you're young, there's not much for you to say, right? You First of all, your play on the ice doesn't play as big of a role, doesn't have as big of an impact as it has now, being 24 years old, being in the league for a while. And yeah, you, you change as a player. You change as a person a little bit. And, and um, it's been great to obviously stick around the same group of guys for so many years now and see them grow and see it, watch the team grow, watch the organization grow. Um, you know, it's definitely a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fun to be part, uh, a part of. And uh, I think that, you know, we still have a lot of 
um, you know, upside as, as a team. And, um, you know, it's obviously fun to, to go through that and, and learn that with the same guys that you essentially kind of started with. Well, and the Oilers hoping that uh, this group of players are building towards something. We'll see. It's been obviously a long run of uh, disappointment for the Oilers and their fans. They did get into the playoffs in 2017, and it was expected big things were ahead after that. And then two more years out of the playoffs, they're going to be, well, they're going to be in the qualifying round this year. They were certainly on pace to be in the final 16 had the regular season been completed normally. Now they'll be in this 24-team tournament. And and I would, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it looks when they come back I, I would think that being refreshed is going to help players like Dreisaitl McDavid Nugent Hopkins Clefbaum I mean the Oilers are a deeper team than they've been in the past still not an incredibly deep team and still not great five on five so I think the players that that carry more of the load maybe a little bit of a layoff should help them but anyway that's uh, that's discussion for for down the road and the one thing about Dreisaitl look he, he was drafted basically as uh as, as a playmaker he has certainly exceeded expectations i think in points but mostly in goals i mentioned 50 last year chance at 50 this season so during the zoom call today i said why do you think it is you've had such an explosion in your goal total yeah i think i've always kind of been um more of the pass first type of guy but you know i knew early on in my career in the nhl that you know, I have to be a threat to shoot once in a while too. Otherwise, I'm too predictable. So um, it's just something that I've worked on, yeah, constantly during the summer, in season, whenever it was really. So yeah, it's just something that I had to uh, put into my game. Well, and that's important. And we're going to hear from a guy in a few minutes who knows all about that when Rob Brown checks in. And he always preaches that. Find something in your game to improve. Don't be predictable. And we've seen Dreisaitl... Obviously, he scores a lot, but it's also how he scores. You know, he can score from distance. He can score in tight. He can redirect the puck. He can score on the power play from the slot or in tight. And he has the best one-timer on the team. He added that one, uh, that sharp angle one-timer to his game last season and was able to bang in some goals from a sharp angle. A lot of them hit the goalie, but he gets them towards the net and he shoots them quick and they go in. And that's that's been such a revolution in his game and, and I think such an unexpected and pleasant supply, surprise for the Oilers and uh, I'm guessing many of you as well. So uh, a lot of time to watch game film of the Chicago Blackhawks should the NHL be able to go ahead with this plan to resume the season. Dreisaitl was asked about the Blackhawks and any concern about rust coming back after the layoff. Yeah, I mean, it definitely takes a while. I think hockey in general is a sport that is, uh, you know, takes maybe a little longer than other sports to get into, um, you know, your coordination, your cardio, that kind of stuff, and uh, your timing. It, it, it takes a little while, but I think the NHL will give us enough time to yeah, get, get ready, get back into it, get our feet wet, and at the end of the day, we're all in the same boat, right? Every um, every team has has the same circumstance pretty much. So um, I guess you could say it's pretty fair. All right. So a little bit there from Leon Dreisaitl. More from him on 630Ched.com and globalnews.ca. Jay Bueller texting in 780-496-0063 is the text number. It's also the good old-fashioned phone call number. He says, I like the idea of a user interface. He's talking about when the NHL resumes play, very likely in empty arenas. Imagine an app that was connected via data or Wi-Fi to a server at the arena. When a user clicks a button, there's a response in the arena. 
So if a fan presses cheer, a cheer goes up in the arena. If a thousand fans click cheer, then the noise is louder. Do the same for applause, ahs, boos, or whatever. If we can have a bud light, red light go on at home when our team scores, why not a reverse reaction in the arena? Yeah, somebody else was texting in a similar idea about that the other day. You wonder what they are going to do for crowd noise, and, and maybe there is some sort of uh, way they can actually have real-time fan interaction. Why not? Sounds pretty cool to me. Rob Brown will check in after the break inside sports on chat Settle the third oiler to win the Art Ross, McDavid and Gretzky, the other two. We have Dreisaitl and McDavid finishing 1-2 in league scoring. That uh, hasn't happened since the mid-90s. Lemieux and Yager happened a couple of times with the Oilers in the 80s. In 1988-89, the Pittsburgh Penguins had three of the top six scorers in the National Hockey League. Lemieux led the way with 199 points. Paul Coffey was sixth with 113. And my good friend and next guest, Rob Brown, was fifth in league scoring with 115 points, Rob. And he only played six to 68 games. If he could have played all 80, you probably would have been up over 130, buddy. Yeah, that was a mistake I made that year. I tried throwing a body check. Through my shoulder, and I never should have hit. I knew that there's a reason that I was giving hands because physically I wasn't that strong. So made a mistake, hit a guy, actually tried running Joe Newendike, and it was like running into a brick wall. So I missed, I think, well, 12 games and cost me a chance at 50 goals. So don't worry about it, Reed. I've almost gotten over it. Um, therapy tomorrow will get me through this conversation too. As I'm assuming you weren't in the uh, defensive zone. I assume it was attempted body check on the forecheck. I, I think, honestly, I just ran into him. I think he was <laughs> on my way somewhere. I didn't see him. Um, it was a mistake. It's like one of those. I also blocked a shot once in my career and broke my foot and had to have surgery. Never did that again. There's things that my body just wasn't made for. How intense was Mario that season, not just to win the scoring title, but to get to 200 points? He wound up with 199. Obviously, his health held him back a little bit. Did how, Describe his personal drive to, to rack up those points, or maybe he wasn't worried about the overall total. I, I don't think he was. You, you didn't see it in him. He was very laid back. He, um, uh, he, he just, he, he was a very calm person. He, he was a very, like, if you see him in the dressing room, as just ho-hum. He'd go out there, I'll get my five, six points. All right, life was good. Go out, have a glass of wine after the game. Everything's fine. You, you didn't see that burning desire that uh, other players have. Now, he had it in her, but you just didn't see. He didn't talk about points. He didn't talk about championships. He, he was a very quiet man. That in the dressing room, when he spoke, everyone's like, oh, my goodness, Mario's talking. We've got to listen now. But he wasn't like that. He was very laid back. You just didn't. I mean, I played with guys that were... I played a captain in uh, I had in Chicago. Dirk Graham was incredibly intense. Captain that I had in Hartford, Kevin Deneen. Like you could see that just burn in him. Where Mario was just the opposite. He was just laid back. He watched him practice, watched him prepare for hockey games. 
He just had so much God-given talent that uh, whatever he put out there was good enough. And then when he had to pick it up, he did. But it wasn't, there was never, he never felt that, okay, he's trying to get 50, he's trying to get 70, he's trying to get 200 points. He just never saw it in him. Rob, Leon Dreisaitl spoke to the media today. They did. He did one of the uh, Zoom conference calls that are the way we communicate with, with a lot of people now in the world. In your mind, what is the biggest bump up, the biggest revolution maybe in his game over the last two years where we've seen him going, basically go from a very, very good player to an elite player in the National Hockey League? Um, probably confidence. Uh, I mean, you and I know we've we've watched Leon since his rookie season, and in his rookie year, I was upset when they sent him down. I, to me, he this kid has been a superstar since the first time he stepped on the ice with the Oilers. Uh, I'm a huge backer of Leon Draisaitl. Uh, I think that whenever you're playing with greatness, and Leon is with Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid came in with. Uh, you know, the world was waiting for Connor to start playing in the National Hockey League. And everyone knew how incredible he was. And sometimes, I mean, a lot of players come into this league that were great in junior, great in Europe, great in college. But they don't have the uh, that aura about him that a Connor McDavid had. So Leon was a, a, a fantastic junior hockey player, but no one expected him to be what he is today. So I think that he was out there and, and his game started to progress and he started to get stronger physically. He started understanding the game a little bit better at the National Hockey League level. And he started to realize, you know what, I, I don't have to be second best to anybody out here. And we, we've heard Tippett talking about it a, a lot with when it comes with Leon, with the fact that Leon, when he goes on the ice, he's not going to be the second player on the ice. There's nights he, he wants to be the best player on the ice. And that's hard to do when you're playing, you know, with, with Connor McDavid, I, I imagine it's back, and I don't want to compare the two players, but Messi and Gretzky, there was nights where, Gretzky, where Messi won the games. He was the best player on the ice, and he had that inner belief with him that, you know what, I, I, Gretzky is Gretzky, but I'm also Mark Messi. Well, I think that's what Leon's like now. He's like, you know what, I am Leon Dreisaitl, and I can change the game, and I can be the best player on the ice. So for me, it's just that confidence that he can take over a hockey game. He doesn't have to wait for Connor to do it. Leon is good enough to, to win hockey games by himself, and we saw that so many times this year. A couple more for Rob Brown, our inside the game analyst for Oilers Hockey here on 630 Chet. Jim has a question for you on the text line. He says, Reed, can you ask Rob if the players really need a three-week training camp? These are the best athletes in the world who have been keeping in shape. Do they really need three weeks just to get their timing down with teammates and of course we don't know exactly how long the proposed training camp might be but three weeks has been one of the numbers thrown around Rob well timing is, is huge to me the three weeks is to stop the players from getting injured uh, I think that it for as long a period as they have they haven't you know they're not skating they're not doing wind sprints on the ice they're not playing game situations so I, I think the fear is if you come back and they they practice for a week and they get into games someone's going to pull a groin, pull a hamstring, and all of a sudden you got a Connor McDavid or a Leon or a Darnell Nurse or who's out for, for two weeks because of a twinge. Uh, the, the training camp and, and exhibition season before a regular season is it's about three weeks, is it not? By the time they come to camp, do they play the first game? And, and what they're doing is they're preparing themselves to be able to play and take the 
you know, the the physicality, what it, what it takes to play in the National Hockey League. So I think the timing won't be as bad. It, it, it's just being having your body ready so that you're you're not going to get hurt and have to miss significant time. So that's why I think they want to make sure they give them plenty of time to be prepared. I mean, when you look at if a guy comes back from from an injury, and we've seen over the last couple of years a Sekera, a Clefbaum, uh, a Larson, when they first come back, they're not even close to the rest of the guys on the team because they're a few weeks behind. They've been skating. They've been you know, practicing on their own. But as soon as you get into a game situation, it's so much different. So I think uh, they certainly need three weeks because if you are going to have a run and try to make the Stanley Cup playoffs as real as possible. You want to make sure the players are at their top peak shape and physically ready to go through a two-month race to the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, I think three weeks is definitely needed. Robert, just into about the final uh, 75 seconds here. The return-to-play plan, Bettman and Daly finalized as much as they can finalize at this point. Anything... Uh, concerning about it for you, whether it's timing, safety, format, anything like that? I love the format. I think it's going to be fun. I know there's been articles written complaining about the others, you know, bad luck or got screwed over because they got to play Chicago in in a first round. I'm like, you know what, if you're not going to get by Chicago in the first round, you don't deserve the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, the others are playing the worst team in the Western Conference to start the playoffs. I think they got a good setup. Uh, To me, the only, I, I love everything they've got with that. But what it's going to come down to is how they decide they're going to quarantine the families or whatever they're going to do that way. The players are not going to accept being away from their families for two to three months. It won't happen. So they've got to come in with some kind of plan that allows the families to be part of the the playoff atmosphere, part of the playoff uh, setup, so that guys that are, uh, are able to see their families. It, it just won't happen until they figure that out, and I'm sure they will. So you're saying the teams that go deeper, like maybe if you if you reach a conference final, there's a week to go home. And they actually they 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 threw out that they could even play those series in the home rinks when they get deeper. So maybe well, that's going to be the solution. Something along that line, or you know, you get to the second round. Now the families come in, and now the families you're you're living in a hotel, and your families are there. I, I don't know. There's got to be something, but you you've got to have it in place because you can't have a guy be away from his family for three months. For example, Matt Benning, is his wife is due. And I believe it's in June, right away. You're trying to tell me that he's not going to be around for the first three months of his child's life. Can't happen. Not going to happen. They'll figure it out, though. Rob, always great to have you on the show. Have an awesome weekend, man. You too, Reed. Take care. That is Rob Brown talking a little NHL, talking some Oilers. We're talk about who knows what with Jay Onright when we get back. I got a text message here from Don. He says, uh, Reed, congratulations to Leon Dreisaitl on his excellent season. I've always said that if I could pick one player to start a new NHL team, it would be Leon Dreisaitl. That is a text from Don. High praise indeed. Dreisaitl, outstanding for your Edmonton Oilers, and uh, we'll see what he does in the postseason. This this is like this is going to be the longest playoff preview ever. Probably at least two months, and maybe we maybe it'll be longer, or or maybe who knows? Maybe they'll have to alter the format 
once we get closer to it, we're going to be talking about Chicago and then they may have to do something differently depending on what happens with hub cities and COVID numbers and all that kind of stuff. But at least from a sports standpoint, we are talking about potential games. I mentioned off the top of the show, there's speculation about the NBA. There was a rumor going around today, July 31st would be their re-tip off date. That's not confirmed. One report said they'd bring back uh, 20 or more teams to finish the season near Orlando. Another report said they'd bring back any team within six games of the playoffs. So there's another story to watch. And a guy who helps you watch all this stories, all these stories on his nightly television program on the aptly named the sports network, the pride of Athabasca, Alberta, one of my best friends in the universe, the one and only Jay on Jay, how are you doing, buddy? Is this, uh, is this the first show you guys are doing? Is this the first show of what we're, are we doing, Jay? Well, is this the premiere of Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins? <laughs> no, Inside Sports has been going for a while now, buddy. I, I, I'm sorry. Oh. I, 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 oh. I, I, were you all excited thinking you were, you were on the first yes. episode of Inside Sports ever? Yes, yes. I thought you booked me for the premiere. I was pumped. I put on a tux. I'm in my, my, I'm in my garage in a tux. Okay, and you're telling me it's not the premiere episode. Well, you were the very first guest when I took over hosting the show in November of 2013. You were indeed the first guest of the Reed Wilkins era of the program. So you can have your tux on to celebrate that. Yeah, no, that's true. I uh, I couldn't afford one then. You're like a you're like a special guest star. You're like a recurring guest star. You're yeah. not in every episode, but you're in That's a few right. episodes. You, you're like you're like Lilith on Cheers. I don't think she yeah. was in every episode, but she'd show up every once in a while. A very popular character. You're the Lilith of Inside Sports. BB Newworth, excellent actress, singer, Broadway star, kills it on that show. That's me on your show. How many characters on Cheers can you name along with the actor or actress who portrayed them? Not as many as you'd think. Give me a different show. It's uh, <laughs> maybe Happy Days. Okay, Happy Days. Well, I, I, I would remember very many Happy Days. Ron Howard was... Ron Howard was... Um, Richie? Richie Cunningham. Yeah, Richie Cunningham. Yeah, the center was, of the show. Was it Donnie Moist that was Ralph Mouth? Close it was Donnie Most. Most. Uh, was, well, uh, he might have been Moist. Moist. Well, well <laughs> Moist is a Canadian rock band uh, from the '90s of some renown. So a little, very close. But I should mention that I am positive that Donnie Most uh, performed at Stage West at the Mayfield Inn at some point uh, in my I, time growing up in Northern Alberta. I'm pretty sure he did. Maybe the play was called Moist. I don't know. Uh, Don Moist, Most is, yeah is now 66 years of age. Wow. Wow. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. Okay. Who played uh, Who played Potsy? I don't remember who played Potsy. It was uh, Anson Williams, right? Oh, wow. You're sharp. How do you yeah. know all this? Well, because that was a great show. You know, after school, CBC, you had the one-two punch of Happy Days and Three's Company reruns. I remember kids at school, I think I was like in grade three, and our, the show was still on the air, right? It was in reruns on the CBC in the afternoons, but it was literally on air in the seventh season or whatever on the C, on the CBC on Tuesday nights or something. 
So kids would come into the school on Wednesday and be like, yeah, did you watch uh, Three's Company last night? I'd be like, what, you guys get to stay up that late and watch the new ones? This is brutal. I hate my parents. Shout out to my mom, Dale and Joanne. Uh, Marion Ross played Mrs. Cunningham. Of course, Tom Bosley is Howard. Henry Winkler, we all know that one. I didn't know Ted McGinley was on that show for a couple of years. Well, so what happened was uh, Ron Howard leaves the show, right, to go be a director. And now he's one of the best directors ever. Uh, but they found, I think, they thought, well, Winkler can carry it with the Fonz and Potsy and Mo- Moister still around. But I think they thought they got to bring in kind of a ringer, and McGinley is the ultimate TV ringer. He does it on Happy Day. He does it on The Love Boat. He does it. There's one I'm missing, like Dynasty. Like he, he just comes in kind of a two-thirds of the way through a series run, and he is the he's me to your show. That's what he is to the television industry in the 70s and 80s. And he's BB New Earth to Cheers. I'm going to read a text message we just got in from a texter who goes by the handle Bacon Man. Now, Bacon Man, I, I, this is might be an awkward position to put Jay in, but I'll read you the text, and maybe he can speak to this for his network, because Bacon Man's question, Jay, is actually about another network. He says, uh, can you ask this guy, I think he means you, Jay, why Sportsnet needs so many channels and why Sportsnet replays poker from six years ago? Over and over again. Now, as we know, as, as we know, Jay, yeah. Jay works for TSN, though there are yeah. five TSN channels. That's true. Yes, there are five feeds. Um, it's tough for me to answer, but the feeds, the different channels definitely cater to different regions. So um, you're watching Sportsnet West, you're going to get more Oilers and uh, Flames content. But um as far as the playing poker over and over, I mean, it's cheap programming and it probably gets a half-decent audience at any time of night. I mean, Reed, I know you're watching it 2, 3 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, that's right. I'm staying up to watch six-year-old poker. Yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah, what that's, I'm doing. That's I'd sooner watch Donnie doing. Moist videos. Yeah, exactly. You watch Moist uh, on video hits, on, you know. 5.30 with Samantha Taylor, Sam Taylor, and then you, uh, yeah, exactly. You crush a little moist, and then you move on. Um, I also wanted to mention that I talked to Brian Mudrick before I came on with you, Reed. Oh, good. And uh, Brian sends his regards, and he also wanted me to ask you a question. Can I ask you a question? I'm kind of, again, springing this on you, just as you sprang the sports night question on me. Is but, this serious? Uh, yes, go ahead. Okay, but here it is. The question is, uh, you're both um, uh, veterans, alumni of CKSA, am I right, in Lloydminster? Yep. He wonders what your favorite wine bar is in Lloydminster, Canada's <laughs> border city. Canada's border city, Reed. You get your insurance on the Saskatchewan side, you live on the Alberta side. Uh, I, I can't even come up with a fictional humorous response for that. I don't remember going to a wine bar in Lloydminster. Uh, they had a good original Joe's there. That was good, but I didn't drink wine there. Uh, I would uh, just here's a little here's a little border town tip, Wilkins. The cooler, wine bar. Well, the, I don't think the the cooler was not a wine bar when I lived in Lloydminster, Jay. The the cooler was a, a full on nightclub. I don't even know hey, if they carry hey, wine. Wilkins. Hey, Wilkins. To those in the know in Canada's border city. Oh, you got, it was a wine bar. Yeah, you got to yeah. have the password. 
You got to have that's the right. password. That's right. And the password is BB Newerth. <laughs> that's, that's right. Tied it all together. You mentioned video hits. Uh, what about Good Rockin' Tonight? And did you have you ever got to meet Terry David Mulligan? Oh, man, I'm so glad you asked me that question. Bree, this legend you speak of, Terry David Mulligan, longtime VJ, rock music reporter guy, it, we're like best friends now on the Internet. The Internet's brought us together, Reed. We've been on his podcast. He's the loveliest guy. And I think you can hear it in Edmonton on some other station. I'm not sure which one, but, you know, Google it. He was in an episode of The X-Files, too, speaking of TV shows. He did a little bit of uh, acting, kind of 90s, early aughts, I would say, Reap. You saw him in a few things. Well, we're getting a lot of texts now about Ted McGinley's career. Apparently, he's quite popular with the Inside Sports listenership. Well, <laughs> this is, a, this is again, amazing. Think of McGinley. Was McGinley not in Revenge of the Nerds, too? Wasn't he the Yes, he was. He was, the, yes. he was the chief jock that got his comeuppance in the end. M- McGinley just came in and was like, what do I have to fix? I can get us two, three extra years just on my charm, my looks. And everyone's like, you know what? He's right. And he delivered every time. McGinley, underrated. Uh, Jay Onright joining us tonight on uh, Inside Sports. How is Jay and Dan going? You guys were off the air for a while, and now you're broadcasting uh, fr- from your homes, like you're in your basement or your kid's playroom or something like that. How has that been going? I like how you flippantly say, oh, your basement or your kid's playroom or something like that. Yeah, you know what, Wilkins? I worked hard for that kid's playroom, and I'm going to showcase it on national television, and I don't appreciate the criticism. But thank you for bringing up the show. It's going very well. It's strange. Dan wanted today to have a theme to the show, and the theme was uh, no hair product day. So if you tune into our show um, at 10 o'clock tonight, your show will be off the air at that time, right, Reed? Oh, yeah. Heck, I, I'm barely doing an hour these days, buddy. Okay, perfect. So that means you can flip over to the old TSN at the 10P tonight in E-Town, and you can see Dan O'Toole looking very similar to a Mulholland Drive-era David Lynch. That's, that's amazing. Uh, so you're, like, are you going to wear hair products? Are you going to wear a hat? What are you going to do? I'm just going to, uh, no, I just let it go. I didn't do anything to it. And so it's like curly now. Like, it's like, uh, it looks like basically like Donnie Most's hair. Or moist, as you would say. Yeah, that's my nickname for him. Everybody calls him Most, but I call him Moister. Hey, Moister. That is, if you think about it, though, if Donnie Most played in the NHL, don't you think guys would kind of start calling him Moist? And then eventually it would be Moister or Moisty. Yeah, I think they'd call him Moisty. There it is. That's the evolution of a hockey nickname right there. All right. So how, I mean, here's the thing for me. I get asked so much over the last, uh, I don't even know how long this has been going on, two and a half months. Well, what are you going to talk about on your show? And I always say, well, there's actually lots to talk about because the fact that sports aren't happening or are being canceled or postponed is actually a story. Plus, we can always book engaging personalities such as yourself to to, to come on the show. Content-wise. The McGinley of Ched. That's me. The McGinn. I want McGinley of Ched trending on twitter by i don't know an hour from now sorry Reed, continue 
Jeremy from Glendon says, hey, Reed, tell Jay that Dan's cat, Ron, has been a great addition to SC. Yeah, that is true. So Dan has two cats, Ron and Ginny, who are named after Harry Potter characters. Nerd! So uh, they wander into the shot once, every once in a while, and Ron is way more of a showboat. Ron is always there. So yeah, he is the literally the breakout star of the Jay and Dan home edition on TSN, brought to you by, I can't mention a sponsor, I realize I'm on a... I'm on a radio station. That yes, I you can. Just mention, oh, just mention the sponsor. McDonald's. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Go well, we can give McDonald's a plug. They're going to help distribute all these masks in Alberta. Have you heard about that? Oh, I was just listening to... Okay, you're a newscaster. Uh, what's what's your newscaster's name? Uh, it's Thomas Dias tonight. Yes, Dias. What a voice. The guy kills it, man. He's great. He is. He does have quite a unique voice for sure. So McDonald's, uh, who is it? McDonald's, AW wow. or Tim's are going to give out. They're going to help distribute masks. So you just go through the drive-thru and you say, I want a double-double, uh, a Big Mac, a root beer, and a mask. And a mask. Yeah. It's like the prize and a Happy Meal. I got to say, you guys are, are really doing great out there with all of this. Like, you guys are doing amazing. You've got a great shot at being one of the hub cities. How did you feel about you as, as a Torontonian? How did you feel about all those people gathering in uh, Willows, Narrows Park, or whatever it's called? A couple of things. Wilkins, try, be a, try to be a bit more like Dias, okay? Maybe learn, it's Trinity Bellwoods Park, okay? Trinity Bellwoods Park. And, uh, yeah, that was rough, Reed. There's no getting around that one. That one was pretty bad. Um, here's my take on it. There's a massive park in the middle of downtown Toronto near my house called Trinity Bellwoods Park, and there's a million condos around it. So everyone's been cooped up for, as you said, Reed, two and a half months. And I think it was the first nice Saturday in Toronto, and everyone's like, I'm going to the park. Surely there won't be a hundred other thousand people there. And everyone got there, and there was a hundred thousand people there. And I think they just all said to themselves, you know what? I, I came all the way down here. I got my six-pack of White Claws. I guess I'll just stick around and have the White Claws and then leave. So I, I think it looked bad, but when you really break it down, and I kind of understand it. Is that weird, Reed? Uh, no, Jay, nothing about you is weird at all. Well, thanks a lot, Wilkins. I appreciate the support. All right. I know you got to commute, and by that I mean walk down your stairs. I hope you have a great show. You're always welcome on this program because it is a place where everybody knows your name. Wait, wait a minute, Wilkie. Is this interview over? It's done, buddy. All right, George Wick uh, was Norm, right? Yeah. Uh, Ratzenberger was Cliff Clavin. Yeah. Uh, Woody Harrelson was Woody Boy. Yeah. Uh, Ted Danson was uh, Sam Malone. Uh, Shelley Long. Oh, sorry. Uh, were you going to say something? Do we have to wrap? Uh, no, yeah, we, we should wrap. I, we, sh we should wrap. Right. You're good, You are getting stressed there, weren't you? <laughs> that is Jay Onright, the one and only. Check it in tonight. Yeah, we're cutting him off. That, there, that could be another thing that I did that was mean to somebody. We cut off Jay Onright. Well, we had to. We'll back to wrap up the show in a couple minutes.
just got a text from Jay Onright. He says, I had a lot more Cheers characters to get to. I'm sure he did. So just to recap, a lively hour of the show, we heard from Leon Dreisaitl. I cut off Jay Onright, and I incorrectly identified the actor who played Ralph Melf on Happy Days as Donnie Moist. His last name actually most. Hey, it's only off by a letter, right? Kellum Kennedy's back at the studio. How are you doing, old boy? Doing great, Reed. That was a scintillating hour of radio programming. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. We are on 7 to 8 every night temporarily. Uh, 6 to 7 is now, uh, what do they call it? The, the Global News Hour at 6? The yep. Global TV News? Yep. ITV News? Sure. Gord Stanky and friends? Yeah, it's called Gord Steinke and Friends. That would be a bad name for a show. See, why couldn't Gord Steinke do the news, but then also do a children's program that's maybe on at 11 a.m. every morning, just Gord Steinke and Friends? Mm-hmm. And he, it's kind of tailored toward, uh, you know, stay-at-home parents and uh, their, their preschool children. I'd watch that. Even though I am neither a preschool child nor a stay-at-home parent. But you are at home right now. Thus thus (laughs) defeating my idea for the demographic I suggested by saying that I would watch it. Gord, I'm going to make a note of that. Email Gord Steinke, re-11 a.m. TV show called Gord Steinke and Friends. Okay, maybe we'll get Gord on next week to uh, talk about that. You know, it it was actually quite a busy week. I mean, a lot of NHL developments. uh, You heard from a lot of Edmonton Oilers. We had Matt Benning on the show, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, Darnell Nurse, Ken Holland all did uh, video Zoom calls. And uh, we'll try to catch up with some more guys uh, next week, both Oilers and otherwise. We also talked to Mark Letestu from the Winnipeg Jets and Mark Pesek from the Florida Panthers. Their teams are qualifying round bound as well as we uh, probably inch closer to some sort of NHL season. You heard Randy Ambrosi a bit on the show last night, the commissioner of the Canadian Football League, contemplating a, contemplating a drop dead date for the CFL. They don't have one yet. They're still hoping to get going early in September, maybe a Labor Day weekend if they're lucky enough, but uh, I think still a pretty big question mark over that. NBA season, There's a voice. not confirmed, but uh, rumors swirling that it could start July 31st, probably would uh, resume their season near Orlando, Florida. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great weekend. Stay healthy. Talk to you Monday. Maybe tomorrow I settle down Friday. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.